Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is 1-888-844-GROW. That's 1-888-844-4769. Long distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by marketing strategist, author, and sought-after speaker, Matt Clark. A former door-to-door salesperson with vast experience working with hundreds of businesses all over the world, Matt helps his clients rapidly grow their businesses in the simplest way possible. He puts systems and automation in place to scale. Matt believes in simplifying business success and helps entrepreneurs get two to five high-value leads per day through LinkedIn without spending a cent on advertising. I've asked Matt to join us here today to talk about how business owners can implement systems to grow their businesses without everything relying on them. So, Matt, thank you for joining us today, my friend. How are you doing? Daryl, thank you so much for having me. I am unbelievably good this morning, um, <laughs> and it is morning in South Africa, so I'm fantastic. I've had a great workout. I've been on podcasts. I've been getting work done, so feeling super productive, fired up, and ready to help people grow. That sounds like a fantastic day. So, well, um, I've been really impressed by some of the stuff that I've seen you do. And I think LinkedIn has a ton of potential and so many people are sitting Mm. on a gold mine, that whole acres of diamond scenario, right? Where uh, this guy sold his family farm once he inherited and traveled the world in search of diamonds and ends up back in his hometown years later, broken, kind of desolate, sitting out of this old diner where he used to eat. Reads in the paper, the guy he sold his farm to uh, discovered a uh, you know a diamond mine on the land. So it's a concept that mm. we're all chasing this this vision, mm. and really we already have what we need. And I feel like so many people have profiles, whether it's LinkedIn or anything, and they just don't utilize enough. They don't really get to know their list. They don't follow up with their list. They don't um, they don't capitalize on the resources they have. Now, but before we get into what you do with LinkedIn, how did you even get started in business? Like you, we talked about you did door-to-door sales. Yep. Was that something your parents got <laughs> you into? Like, do you come from an entrepreneurial background? Dude, are you kidding me? My parents both work. Um, well, at the time, my mom was the one that was working, supporting the family. My dad didn't have work for a couple of years in construction. And, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a household where we had a lot of love and, and a lot of energy, but no money. Right. And we kind of had to do things for ourselves. So, you know, I used to ride my bicycle to and from school. And, you know, when I finished school, my dad was like, so you're going to be the first clerk in the family to go to college and get a degree and all the rest. I was like, no, that's that's not happening. (laughs) Like, I hated every moment of school. I'm not going back for another four to seven years. There's no ways. Mm. Right. So I decided to do something different. And I went and got a job as a waiter. Uh, at 17, I finished at 17, 
And I started working as a waiter. And I just said to myself, like, you know, I want to go and travel. I want to go overseas. I've always enjoyed traveling and experiences. So I decided that every day that I make money, I'm going to save half and spend half. So I'd put the half that I'd save in my left pocket and the half that I'd spend in my right pocket. And within a couple of months, I mean, that made for a lot of parties and a lot of fun, okay, <laughs> while still saving. And within a couple of months, I had enough money to buy myself a ticket overseas and to then support myself. So I flew over to the UK and I, I got a job working as a door-to-door salesperson, selling gas and electric, and getting people to convert from their current provider to our provider. And that really blew my mind because I'd never, I loved selling. I loved, I found out when I was working as a waiter that I loved talking to people and communicating with people and getting them to buy stuff. So when I went over there, we went through some really interesting training. Like I was in a castle for two weeks in Scotland where they drilled us every single day on training and they built up our skills and they taught us how to sell. And we had to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way. And that really taught me about processes right? And how having a solid process, a repeatable process allows you to scale, right? I only realized that later on in life, obviously, then it was just like, I want to sell and make money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there, I, I did a year in the UK and, and then I came back to South Africa. And what happened was that I had now a completely different perspective on life and what is possible. And I actually started looking for, for some work. You know, my dad, my dad at the time was like, dude, you can't just be sitting at home doing nothing. Even though I came back with lots of money, he's like, you need to go and get a job. Just get out the house and do something. Right. You know, so I went and applied for, for, for a job. And, and I said to the guys, I was like, they asked me how much you want to earn. And I said, you know, I want to make, you know, equivalent of about $4,000 a month. And they said to me, well, you're 18. What qualifications have you got? I said, none. Okay, and, and they laughed at me. I said, listen, guys, you just need to put me in a place where I can sell and I will do that all day long. So eventually, I mean, I went through different processes. I went, to, uh, went for an interviews at, at a, at a, with a recruitment agency for a call center. I landed up not getting hired. I told them, no, I don't want the job. And then the recruiting lady then phoned me and hired me to help recruit people like me. And I said to her, listen, if you want me to recruit people like you, they're not going to work for you. <laughs> exactly like me. Um, and then really, you know, I went and the guy that I was working for in the UK phoned me up one day and he's like, Matt, I'm back in South Africa. I've started this company. We're selling telephone systems door to door and it's the easiest ma- way of money I've ever made. Hmm. And I, he phoned me on the Tuesday. I saw him on the Wednesday. I quit on the Wednesday and started on the Thursday. Wow. <laughs> Just done. And I kind of never looked back. You know, I worked for him for, for a couple of years and we did incredibly well selling PABX telephone systems on five-year leases. And then, you know, there were changes in the company. We landed up starting a company together, myself and, and two business partners. And, you know, we built that company up in, in four years. We had 60, 60, uh, 60 staff and we we're doing just about on $10 million in revenue. Wow. All door-to-door. Right. So that All was door-to-door. Like, all door to door, you know, we started that when I was 24. So I kind of just got this passion. And then I realized that if I want to make it grow and sustain it, I need to better myself and better my skills. And then, you know, it's like this continual journey of, of, of lifelong education and bettering yourself. Mm, 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 mm. I love that though. And I love how you the door to door experience. So what were some of the most important lessons you learned from 
being and training other people to be proficient at doing door-to-door -door sales? You know, the biggest thing is that you've got to leave your personal stuff at the door, okay? And you've got to deal with it every single day that you come in to sell, every day that you come in to perform, every day that you come into your business or your work or whatever that is, you have to leave your personal stuff at home. And the reason being is because it affects your mindset and your productivity in the day. But what I learned further to that was not only leave it at the door, but learn how to actually solve those problems. Because, you know, it's like there's a couple of core areas that you, that you need to have. You need to have balance in your life, right? Which means that all the core focuses and all the core areas that you have need to be stable and in alignment and growing and expanding at the same time. Right. And what I was finding was that the more that I focused on myself and the more that I learned about myself and the more I upskilled myself, and it's that continual self-development, mm -hmm. the better I performed in all aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. It's an old Jim Rohn expression where it's work harder mm. on yourself than you do your job. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I love that. Oh. I love that. You know, if you're successful in your personal life, you're successful at your job. If you're successful at, at your work, you bring that into your personal life as well. So, but you can't do one without the other, right? You've got to do all of it. Right. Well, it's, it's the same idea. Like, um, it matters most when the numbers are small. If you can't balance a checkbook yes. that, you know, or an account that's only got a hundred or a thousand dollars going through it every month, how are you supposed to manage one with a hundred thousand dollars a month going through it? Mm -hmm. So it's the idea that it's not later. I'll learn that later. It's I will get proficient now at the fundamentals. Yeah. And the most amazing thing is the fundamentals of anything you want to do. There's two yep. really amazing points of this. One, the fundamentals you ever, of anything are only, it's not 30 things. It's not 100 things you have to learn. It's typically three to five, maximum eight mm -hmm. things, mostly three to five things you have to become proficient at. And the other thing that's fantastic about that is people have heard the 10,000 hour rule where, you know, in 10,000 hours you can become world class at anything. But a lot of people don't know how many hours it takes to get past the beginner stage. And so, exactly. right? And that's, and the beginner is that, <laughs> awkward, uncomfortable, clumsy, embarrassing stage before you become an intermediate and you've learned yeah. kind of the edges and that's only 20 hours. <laughs> like you can learn the fundamentals of anything in 20 hours and after that it's just becoming good at it, you know? So mm -hmm. um, I think it's one of the power, most powerful things, you know, if you have a problem in your life, just if you can develop the skills you need and the habits, you can solve that. Like it's, yeah, you're not a tree. Yeah. You move. So. You know, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite teachers is, uh, he's actually not alive today, uh, is Bruce Lee. And one of the things that really stood out for me with him was that, you know, he said, everything you do, if not in a relaxed state, will be done at a lesser level than you are proficient. Mm. Thus, the tense expert marksman will aim at levels less than his or her student. I'm not a master. I'm a student master, meaning that I have the knowledge of the master and the expertise of a master, but I'm still learning. Mm, mm, mm. Right. You know, I was just in Japan uh, last September, October, and I lived there I for saw three that. years. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Did you? I lived there for 10 I went years. I stalked your profile a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I lived there for three years. This is now 12 years ago, and I've only been back once before, and I was there for a month. And so it was really nice to go back and meet all my old friends. And I went and trained at my old martial arts school, and, uh, you know, I trained there a year and a half, two years, Hicks and Gracie Jiu Jitsu School. And the guy who was teaching when I was back visiting for my 10 days, one of them, he's, you know, he'd been training for 22 years. He already had his black belt. And he was teaching like a basic fundamental when I was there that you mm -hmm. learn in your first week. But he still taught it with enthusiasm. And he taught it with nuanced detail to the fundamentals. But that's what I love was the focus was on 
the fundamentals. And then later on in my trip, you know, I went to go see Kobayashi-san, who's this older guy. You know, now I know he's 76. Um, I just knew he was an older guy, and he's had this little ramen shop, like a soup store. Nothing fancy. It's a little mm. stall with some seats. It's, you know, not too fancy, and he's been that's there That's the forever. picture I saw. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, you see the one of him yeah, giving you the big yeah. hug? Yeah, that's such a great yeah. photo. So I talked to Kobayashi, and he – I went to go visit him, and I was like, Kobayashi, he was happy to see me. And Kobayashi, like, you know, how long have you been uh, doing this? Because I was so impressed. I mean, in the time that I was there, <clears throat> I watched and I saw the place was packed. Every seat was taken. After I came, other people came. He had to turn away. And then when I was eating my soup and watching the customers. After he served their soup, they would clean up their table – they would take their dishes to the sink. They would go and pay their own bill and make their own change and leave. This other couple had just got married. They came by. They brought all their flowers from their wedding and helped decorate his restaurant for him. There was some famous TV producer there that was just there to kind of hang out and talk to Kobayashi. And I was so impressed. Like, this business ran like such a well-oiled machine. Like, the customers mm. did the maintenance for him themselves. Like, he just had to show up do the cooking he was like you know and and that was it like he just cooked the deal the the soup when he ran out sorry i have no more soup and that was it and his customers did everything else for him so i was like kobayashi how long have you been doing this and he said well i'm 76 now i've been doing this for 60 years and my father ran it for 30 years before i got started and that was Thank when you. it came to like like that like mastery right like like the depth that you can go into simple tasks um one of my favorite quotes about mastery do it until it becomes dull and then do it until mm -hmm. it's beautiful so mm -hmm. now for and you I, oh. and i think you know on that point and, and because I, I get this a lot of the people that we deal with and we we really focus on the fundamentals is that people overcomplicate stuff and, and when you overcomplicate stuff and and you don't just follow the process and or create your processes you go off uh, off astray and one of my clients said to me the other day which it really you know, pulled some heartstrings a little bit and, and really got me thinking. He said to me, Matt, you know, what you've done, even though it was it was basic, it, it's made such an impact. You've actually reignited the fire that had burned out from being an entrepreneur and from going through all the troubles with clients and from and from veering off. And that really hit a heartstring with me because it's like sometimes we need to take 10 steps back to revisit the fundamentals, get those in place to take a hundred steps forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. So yeah, there just, you go. if you slow it down. So what, what are some of the fundamentals? What are kind of the three biggest challenges that um, you help your clients deal like overcome? The three biggest challenges. And, and I'm going to say, I'm going to talk in general here. Um, the, the, the biggest challenge, number one, is choosing one ideal client, getting really focused, getting laser focused and saying, let's do the basics right, start with one and then build to the next. It's the biggest block I see people have because they're like, I can't just focus on one. What about everybody else? Right. But the problem is they're not doing all of it great. So they become a jack of all trade and they do a mediocre job. Instead of just focusing on this one thing and being excellent in that, being known for that, and then focusing on the other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there are riches and niches, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I like that. Riches and niches. So, all right, yep. so now let's talk about how do you choose one ideal client? How do you know? Like, what, what, if, what if someone's afraid of 
but I'm going to choose uh, like the worst time. client of the options or I'm not sure. Can't I just sell it to everybody and just see what kind of emerges? I mean, I think that's what you're saying. Like that's most people's plan, right? I'm just yeah. going to sell a bunch and go where the, like, you know, follow the money. Yeah. And then, and most of the time the money doesn't really happen. Okay. <clears throat> so, and then they're using, you know, they, they don't know what to charge and they're using like the rectal pricing model where you pull numbers out your butt, you know? Mm -hmm. So, what, how you choose your ideal client is you've got to go and look at who has the biggest problem that I know that I can solve that they're willing to pay for. Mm -hmm. Okay? And if, someone is, so, and if somebody has already got clients that they're dealing with and they're dealing with people across all different industries, all different levels, different uh, job titles and all the rest, then it's a case of, well, who do I want more of? Like, you know, there's that one client that is like you love them. Okay, you'll talk to them anytime, they pay you your worth, they don't take up too much of your time, they get the work done, um, they implement what you tell them, they, there's just like, it's all around great experience, they give you testimonials, you love working with them. Write the profile of that person down and go look for more of those. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you've got to go down and you've got to go granular, right? We want to know what industry are they in, what job title, what is their job title, that's so important, yeah. right? How do they identify themselves? What are the biggest problems that they face and what can you solve? Mm -hmm. That's like really the simplest way of doing it. I mean, we've got a whole process for this, right? But, you know, if to do it on a podcast, if people are listening to me, that's the simplest thing. Ask yourself, look at the clients that you've got right now. Who do you wish that you could have more of those guys? Profile them, go look for those guys. Mm. You know, uh, Aaron Ross, who was an author for, of Predictable Revenue, which became like the sales Bible of Silicon Valley. He did a, a, a follow-up book called From in, From Impossible to Inevitable. <clears throat> and that was one of the most common things that he beat that drum on was exactly that. Just like he, he, he was citing that with Salesforce because that's his background is helping Salesforce grow from like zero to over a hundred million. He was saying that until you, a company is doing one to $10 million, they still are figuring out their niche, which blew my mind yeah. because I was like $10 million. You don't know who your customer is. Like really, mm -hmm. you know, but that's speaking to what you're saying is like people don't spend enough time really getting to know the people and what problem they're solving and just making their offer custom for that. So it's just such a no brainer thing. Right. And finding like that's why yeah. people want to keep it broad. They want to keep it broad because they want to scale, but they don't necessarily realize how big yeah. the planet is and how or how small the planet <laughs> is. and How many people are here. Right. Everyone. My best is everyone can use my product. You mean seven billion people can use your product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. You know, because, and here's the thing, right? So the next step in the process is to help them get what we call their pickup line, okay? Which is the message, right? So how to go from having a cheesy pickup line to something that's completely irresistible to your ideal client. Mm -hmm. Now, to give you a real life example of that, you know, my company is called The Virtual Edge. So I could have said, I'm the CEO of The Virtual Edge, right? Right. Instead, what I've done is that my pickup line is I help entrepreneurs get two to five high value leads per day from LinkedIn without paying for ads. Mm, mm. I love that. So, I love it because it's specific. 50, right? You've got the number in it. Like I usually say I help businesses with websites get customers and keep them. But what I love about yours is the specificity and the without, right? Because all oh, so also pay. for you, and let's look at that, right? So you've said businesses and, and businesses is too broad. Too broad. You know, yeah. do you want startups with no money? Yeah, no, I've done that. <laughs> We've all done that, right? We've yeah. all done that, right? And it's not until you go through the pain until you actually say, okay, cool, I'm not doing that anymore. So, like, if you wanted to call out your ideal client, like, who would that be? 
Okay, because it's not just businesses. No, you're Who are right. these guys? It's what industry are they? It's typically they're flirting around a million dollars in, in annual revenue. Yeah. They're info marketers of some sport, they of some sort. Info um, marketers. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of them. info marketers. A lot of them are where they struggle is they know they like they just they're they're running the hamster wheel so hard that they just the because i i come in and like if you've got 20 sales or 100 sales or a thousand sales or something i can go and help you get more and i can help extend into whether it's paid ads or how much ventures. um well my best case is we took a company from on the verge of bankruptcy and did an automated funnel they, they were on the verge of bankruptcy but they had the 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 co at the helm had he was a whale like in terms of like he could he had mm. amazing partnerships if he wanted he could mm. get Oprah on the phone and do a deal and so we wow. we used that and went from almost bankrupt um, to about 1.6 million then 3.2 million in eight months and then after that about seven uh, just under seven million in th about three years so that was that's kind of one and then the other ones like extra six hundred thousand or extra three hundred thousand dollars of the bottom line. And a lot of that comes through automation and improved marketing processes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, if you went and spoke to someone that's doing a million dollars, a million dollars a year right now, what do you know you would be able to absolutely guarantee them if they followed your whole process and step by step? Like, what was the, and and they were an exact ideal client? Yeah, if they're exact and ideal, I could probably guarantee anywhere from a ten to twenty-five percent bump to to their bottom line. In what time frame? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I want to say six months or less. If they're okay. ideal, ideal, I'd say six months or less you could do. I mean, that's because I've got two or three clients that we've done in about six to eight months. We've did a Excellent. big bump. Yep. So check this out, right? Here's your pickup line. I help successful info marketers at 25% of their bottom line in less than six months through automated sales funnels. Mm. Boom. Yeah, good. Boom. There we go. There we go. All right. That was a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I'll see you all next time. <laughs> you know, now you, only, now you only go after those people. You know, you're calling them out, and everything that you do needs to call out your ideal client. Mm -hmm. You want to tell them what results can they expect. Like, as business owners, we know, like, if, if you spend – let me ask you this, right? If you spend money on something, are you wanting a return on investment? No, you want the results. That's what you want. Boom. That's it. That's what so, you want. Yeah. If, why not promise that up front? Why not tell people what result they're going to get up front or in what time frame? So, you know, you've got a realistic expectation with an outcome and you're talking to your ideal client. Yeah. Like, you want to you wanna close more business. You want to get more leads. You've got to do that every single time. But I've got a client that's sitting now and, and she's in, in IT networking. So she supplies uh, networking cables and networking components. And her pickup line is, I help IT procurement uh, with the one-stop shop, one -stop shop solution, uh, provide products at 20% less with a full 30-year warranty. She spends half an hour a day on LinkedIn. She gets 10 appointments per week and closes 60% of them. Wow. So now let's talk about how do you – so, all right, fundamentals. You said the first one was choosing an ideal client. Two was – or choosing an ideal client and being excellent at one thing. Two yes. was having a, a good pickup line, clarity on your yes. message and who you're for and who you're about and what they're going to get from you, the result, the, the problem you're going to mm -hmm. solve. What's yes. the third? The third one is having doing what we call the LinkedIn makeover. So how to go from having an egocentric profile that focuses everything on you to a client-centric sales page that focuses everything on your ideal client. 
You see, most people, their LinkedIn profile is written as a CV, okay? And, and the question I always ask is, you know, are you applying for a job, okay? And if right. you are, don't position yourself as a business owner. But here's the thing. What I teach here is not just specific to LinkedIn. Of course. This needs to happen on every platform. We've chosen LinkedIn because not many people are talking about it. Yep. Okay. Everyone's on the Facebook and Instagram train, but not many people are talking about how do you do this well on LinkedIn. Right. But the, the principles and the fundamentals are the same. Exact same. You go to people. I was reading something the other day. I had such a laugh. He said, uh, I can't remember who it was by, but I was reading an article and he said, are you weeing all over your customers? You, and he's like, just oh, stay we. with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. we. Yeah, 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 I like this. I like this. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> so he's like, are you weeing all over your customers? Like, just stay with me on this one, right? Are you using the word I, we, my, our, uh, too much on your website? So go into your website, hit control F and type in the word we, our, my, me, I, and all the rest. And if it shows up a lot, you're weeing all over your customers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I found that hilarious, right? Yeah, that's so, good. But this is what people do. They talk about their skills. I mean, I can go onto LinkedIn right now, and in the first two seconds of looking at profiles, I'll find somebody that is talking about themselves from the beginning. My yeah. skills, our company, our services, blah, blah, blah. No one cares about that. Yeah. The only thing they care about is what can you help me solve right now? What's in it for me? Yeah, yeah, W-I-I-F-M, the one radio station people listen to all day, every day. 100%, man, 100%. So when we show people how to set up a LinkedIn profile, we make everything about the clients and their problems, okay? And, and pepper in a lot of credibility, a lot of testimonials, case studies. And there's actually, there's 10 things that you need to do on your LinkedIn profile to turn it into a client-centric sales page. And only one out of the 10 focuses on you. Mm. One section. The other nine are all about the client. Mm, I love that. So hold on. So one out of 10 is about you, Yep. right? And the other nine is about what? What they're going to get. It's about the experience. Identifying about... problems. Not even the experience because they're still trying to sell, right? Remember, the, the, the purpose of marketing is not to try and close deals, but to open conversations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we want to be identifying with the people. We want to show them. So the pickup line shows them what tangible result they can get in a specific timeline and it calls out the ideal client. The summary then walks them through the journey saying, hey, I understand that you know that, that these are your problems, okay? Because part of what we do when identifying the ideal client is not just saying, okay, I want to work with uh, Joe Soap. He's the CEO of an electrochemical, in, uh, you know, petrochemical in, industry, right? Mm -hmm. We want to know what are the problems that he faces in yep. his business or in his life? What are his goals, his dreams, desires? What are the fears that he faces? And from that, we start writing the summary. Yep. Okay. And the summary is all about, listen, I understand you're going through this. Okay. I know that you've tried, tried this before and it's been really difficult, right? Daryl, and you'll know this, right? This is the anatomy of a sales page. Yep. Okay. So you have your title, your headline, your subtitle, what are the biggest problems that they face? Show them that there's a solution. Walk them through a step-by-step -step process. Show them the benefits and have a call to action. Yep, yep, yep. That's what they used to say. So for a little history for people who may or may not know, the whole industry of advertising grew from face-to-face -face sales. So as, a, as an example, 
here, let's say right before, because this is even before the before the post office existed, that whole network of delivering packages before that existed, for cell phones and technology, we still had markets and we still had commerce and trade. And typically, if you were a business owner, you would be going door to door, knocking on yeah. people's doors, trying to sell your stuff, or you would have a shop in a market or a busy area, right? But if you wanted to grow and scale instead of just waiting around for people to come to you, you had to be proactive and get on, right? And get on your horse and buggy yep. or, right? Put on your shoes and, and pound the pavement. And you would have to go knocking door to door. And what happened is people doing this over and over again realized, hey, every time I knock on a door, I'm saying similar things. I'm going through kind of the same spiel. Yep. And if I say this versus that, I get a better result. So I should say this more instead of that. Mm -hmm. And then they realized, hey, if I wrote this down on a piece of paper, and I paid a boy to run ahead of me and deliver this paper. When I show up, I can get through it quicker, right? Like I just can get through more doors in a day. And now that turns into I can add an order form and I can just really show up to a town and pay some delivery boys and they'll go run out to people's houses and they'll come back with orders and money and slips and I'll just give them the product and then away we go. Love it. And right, and now you've got the post office and that's the original, that's original advertising. It's not billboards mm -hmm. and commercials of people wearing certain types of clothing. That's the original is that 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 sales pitch. So one of the most powerful ways to to create your marketing is to record your best salesperson you know selling to your ideal prospect and then to transcribe that and turn that at and and take that and pull the meat out of that and make exactly what you yeah. talked about absolutely and, and you know this is this is a common mistake that business owners make okay in all levels from starting up to guys i mean we've worked with guys that are doing 200 million dollars a year plus mm -hmm. you know and the biggest mistake that they make is that they try and automate something before they've even got a process in place. Mm. Like, you can't automate something that you don't already have a process in place for. Yeah. And that's why I love the door-to-door -door sales, because I could literally go out, speak to my ideal client, and get an answer right there and then. Y yes or no. Yeah. Okay, but I knew. Boom, that was the answer. Now, the cool thing about doing things face-to-face -face and door-to-door -door is that you can build that one-on-one -on -one connection. You can read the body language. You've got tone of voice. You've got how you look. You can dress up in a certain way. Yep. Online is a different game. Right. You know, it changes it so you can speak one-to-many, but now you're one-to-many. You don't have that opportunity to see the person's body language, to right. know what they're thinking, right. to, you know, see the tone of voice, to see what their situation looks like, their house looks like. So you've got to actually do all that work beforehand. Yep before you even put stuff out because there your words matter the most. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So well said. I mean, that's exactly it. And I remember I was at uh, the Titans of Direct Response, which was a major event. And mm. one of the things that praise I got from at that event was somebody was asking about, should I use a sales letter or a video sales letter or what or webinar or what format should I sell? I use, and I put my, raised my hand to answer the question. I said that, you know, everything is just a beta copy of that kneecap to kneecap, belly to belly, face to face conversation. Exactly. And so everything is a regression. If you convert seven out of 10 face to face, you might convert five or four out of 10 on a webinar and you might convert four mm -hmm. or three out of 10 on a teleseminar or maybe five on a teleseminar and you might convert right in a video sales letter and it all reverts back till it's just the page. And that's not an exact science. There are sales letters that work yeah. better than video, but it's the same yeah. concept because exactly what you said, you don't get that feedback. You can't, right? You can't anticipate, you can't have that conversation. It's just a one way mm -hmm. presentation. So I love that. I love that so much. So what do you tell people if they're like kind of, what do you do with your clients that are nervous or afraid like that to, to do that work? Do you know what I mean? Like, Yep. Like, what do I have to do? I have to I call just, all my clients. I do a big webinar. How do you, what do you tell them? 
Yeah, so, so I just beat them up, you know, and make them do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find that a lot of people, because they've got so much stuff running around in their head, and a lot of the guys are, are jumping from course to course to course. They're not getting results. They've tried stuff before. You know, they're, they're doing some of the stuff, but it's not working. So the first thing that I show them is, listen, if you are doing all of the stuff and it's not working, there's a reason for it, right? Try just, cut, first of all, cut all the noise out of everything else that you're doing. Focus on this for, for two to three months. Mm -hmm. Just do this, okay? In fact, do it for a week, right? And choose one. And I really get them to go deeper into this. And, and I physically just actually force people to choose one. So we've got a process where we help them through a process of elimination of who they should choose, who they should look at. But really at the end of the day, I just force people like just damn well, choose one and do it for a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we had a client the other day, you know, he said, he came in and he said, well, you know, I'm a marketing agency. Okay. Well, so what, you know, there's over 250,000 marketing agencies in the U S alone. Right. Right. And each one of them do different things. Yep. So we went deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually we came out with this pickup line is that I help dentists get 20 to 50 leads per month through highly, highly targeted ad campaigns. Mm. You know what happened in the, first, in the first week? Yep. He signed up a client for $1,500 a month and picked up four hot leads that he's busy closing right now. Yep, 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 yep. I love it. And I've got tons of examples like that, right? Because it's but just, just magnetic. It's, it's, when people go shopping, you don't go buy a shoe. You buy a dress yeah. shoe. You buy – the other day we were shopping. It's funny. My girlfriend has been giving me uh, – we we've just come to Hanoi. We're here for a few months, right? I'm here in Vietnam. And I had to get some new shoes, and I needed some shoes for the house. And I also need some shoes for around town because my sandals are busted. And when I walked, yeah. if it was wet, it'd splash up mud all over me. And, you know, so anyways, I bought these shoes, and they were going to be my house shoes, but I ended up wearing them outside. And she was like <laughs> – she's just brought it – she's mentioned it like seven times. Like, aren't those supposed to be your house shoes? Aren't those supposed to be your house shoes? And I'm like, it's a shoe. I just need it to be a shoe. But it goes to the point of what you're saying here is the specificity in your store and your and who the star is of your marketing of that of that know, knowing who your ideal client is right that's that custom fit is it a is it a dress shoe yeah. is it a house shoe what kind of shoe is it i love that exactly i mean and if you're looking for <laughs> if you're looking for a house shoe and someone is trying to sell you uh, you know hiking boots right right you're going to be like dude that doesn't even make sense to me. I'm not interested. What What are you even talking to me about? Right, right. Because people love... It's still a shoe, though. People love the consistency. And that's the thing. Even though I bought a shoe for my house, it's perfect for outside. But the inconsistency, the mismatch, it's it's yeah. it's a friction point. And that's what... When people because, love for everybody... So, go. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, cool. I, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you a bit here as well. But I'm also excited, you know. <laughs> go, go. All good, man. It's your interview, not me. I need to shut up. So, it's all good. Keep going. So there's one of our clients came to us one day and we ran a live event. And um, so what, he's a pastor and he helps people break, through, break uh, free from addiction. So he came to me and he wanted to focus on one thing. He said, okay, Matt, you know, I, I want to help people break free from porn addiction. Mm. Okay. So I said, okay, well, who are these people? What do they do? Are they men? Are they women? What industry are they in? Went through a whole process because you've got very fixed criteria that you can search for on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So we came up with this pickup line. Okay. I help IT professionals break free from the devastating effects of porn and sex addiction through a 12-month progressive program. Wow. That's awesome. That's a process of elimination. Now, he's reaching out to IT professionals because these guys are, are left-brain people, and they care about their family and their relationships, but 
they've also got a lot of temptation and they don't they're not as emotional as you know other other people would be in in like like salespeople as example mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we went through a process of elimination came up with that and in the first week he picked up three clients that's awesome but what did you know, because you can't exactly go post that. Who needs help with, you know, porn and sex addiction? People right. aren't going to be well, and it's, putting that out there publicly. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was going to say, when you said that pickup line, I'm like, that's kind of a, it's an embarrassing thing to put out in public, right? Like, uh, but no, no, it's okay. It's keep going. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I had a client in Mexico. He changed the name yeah. of his business. It used to be how to conquer a man. And he gave dating advice to Latino women. He was a Spanish, like relationship guru. But what he realized is that, that even though that's what he helps people with, when he changed the name, this is a okay. bit of a sidebar, when he changed the name of the company, his sales increased, even though because people were embarrassed about receiving mail and like emails and like anybody seeing messages from mm -hmm. something about how to conquer a man. Like they didn't like that image that that portrayed of them, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. No, the, but the pickup line, the targeting, I mean, the targeting works and is the same. Yeah, and it's in, and you use that in everything that you do. Right. You know, he was able to when he got that right, he was able to double and to to you know to put some numbers to that, um, is to double the amount of leads and quadruple his sales. Wow, wow, wow! It also makes the sales conversation so much easier, right? Like if you if yep. you have that dialed in so well, you know the problems, right? You know exactly what they're going through. You understand them. Yeah. And it's the same process that you're taking them through because they're going through the same thing that the previous person went through. Yep, yep, yep. And it allows you to be put in that position of that stern but loving parent, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that if you've got a sales team, so like we did this with one sales team in uh, that focuses on immigration, right? Immigrating out of South Africa. And what we did was they had 10 salespeople and we chose a bunch of different industries to focus on. So each one of the sales team went and chose a different industry to get highly targeted with. And we came up with a pickup line for each one of them. And they just started reaching out to guys there. And they literally, I spent a Saturday morning with them. So half a day I spent with them. The Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they tripled their sales. I love that. And the dude did a video testimonial showing his numbers. It was brilliant. That is really powerful. Well, so that almost fits in. I have a seven-step process for, well, actually, it's not mine. Gary or Gary Halbert, sorry, one of his boron mm. letters comes out with the seven steps for kind of launching uh, any kind of business and in information marketing. Yep. And it's, it's, it's step one, find a hot market. You must always find a, yep. a market first and then concentrate on a product. Step two yep. is to find or create a product or service to sell. In your situation, you already had a product or service, but you were thinking, like, who does this help? Let's come up with a list and let's test and see which, right? Like, who's the best match? Mm -hmm. So then three, write a promotion describing it and the benefits. So maybe that's an ad and a landing page, a sales letter, a follow-up emails. And then you just run a test like that. It's the same thing yep. with pricing. People like and people never test their prices. And I've, I've gone into companies and just we've doubled sales by cutting their price in half. Or sorry, we've tripled yep. sales by cutting the price in half. So we get half as much per sale, but we have three times the number of orders. You know, like yeah. you just and then you've got more options to upsell, you know? Right, 101. Or you can even get the same. There's been instances where people were charging like 39 one time, and they did 39 three-time payment, three payment, and the conversions didn't change. They made as many sales, but now they were making three times the money. Like nobody ever tests because they're just afraid. And it's like you just, just test on the next 10 people. That's it. Just exactly. take the next 10 people and offer them this price instead of that price and see what happens. You know, it was so interesting. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was watching another podcast or, you know, I read so much and I watch so many podcasts. I can't always remember where I, I get these things from, but every now and then, you know, something sticks out. Mm -hmm. 
And they did an interview with a guy who was doubling his business year upon year. And, you know, I'm, you know, talking seven figures and then eight figures, like, like really doubling, you know, not right. starting from, from one. And, you know, they asked me, you know, what's your, what's your secret to success? Like, how do you keep doubling your business every year? He said, you know, as entrepreneurs, like what I do is I put 10 lines out. Okay. So I put 10 strings out at a time yeah. and whichever one pulls the tightest, I do more of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. so we don't know what's going to work. Like get out there, test it. The one that pulls the tightest, go all in on that. Do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that what we're talking about right now is how I grew my martial arts school, which it wasn't doubling from seven figures to eight figures, but I went from zero to six figures in, a, in an industry, a pretty tight industry. Excellent. And what it was is I did a, I did a five different target markets and I had 11 different hooks. So I had like uh, yep. university students, I had fire rescue personnel, police officers, working professionals. Like I had, I had these different target markets and I had 11 different hooks, you know, lose weight, get in shape, learn self-defense, mm-hmm. you know, compete, all this stuff. And I did it. A test and I did this kind of matrix of tests and who, what works best with who. And my number one was a thousand one hundred percent, sorry, performed one thousand one hundred percent better than the number two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the number one was free fighter fitness and skill assessment aimed at university age men. It was like printing wow. money. It was printing money. If I put that offer in front of any male of that age group, it was just it was it was. It was it, like it was printing money, and then it, not only could we do online marketing, and we just dominate. Even now, eight years later, I did some search on Google for my old keywords and stuff. I'm still on number one for that because it's so relevant, it's so specific. It's been eight years, and I have videos that show up in the search results that the competitors didn't realize. Like they don't like, oh, I just need to make a more yeah. a better video than Daryl's. Like I, that business yeah. was generating leads until even after I closed it, until I stopped renewing the wow. domain. Um, wow. And it's that specificity. It's that. It's that testing, yeah. right? It's that, and then not only that, but then you design everything else, like the parties we have. We would have UFC parties, and like everything else gets yep. designed. When you know who your market is, you design everything to make it custom for them. If you found out, if you were like a hair salon, you found out that all your customers had dogs that they loved like children, and you made your uh, hair salon dog friendly with like and like doggy parties yep. and that stuff. Like it becomes so magnetic to your target market, you know, and that's well, that's really yeah. Absolutely agreed. And, and and the thing is, is that most people, you know, so, uh, you know, you understand marketing and you understand automation and you're actively looking for these things, right? Mm-hmm. But for most of the people that we deal with, they just need to do start with one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Start with one and just test that out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Run that for a week, two weeks, a month, three months, whatever that is. Once you've got that one, do the next one. Yeah. Then test that out. Then once you've got that, do the next one for you know, for a lot of people, and, and Daryl, I completely agree with you because whenever we run, whenever we run something, we run a bunch of split tests, a bunch of different niches, a bunch of different audiences. But for most of the businesses out there, start with one. Yep. You know, they're, they're trying to focus on everybody when they haven't got one down yet. Yeah. And this kind of brings the whole thing back to the fundamentals. Okay. Yep. You can't be testing and scaling if you haven't got that one that works. Yep. Right. You can't be looking for other opportunities. And, and as entrepreneurs and business owners, like we get bored very quickly, yeah. okay? Which means that it's always on to the next thing. And, and there's always shiny object syndrome and always like the next product or the next service or the next big idea. Yeah. When you haven't even got that one thing converting consistently that's generating your revenue. So 
we, we always look at it and say, okay, cool. Well, if you're going to get bored, and like I know because I'm the same, right? Mm. If I'm going to get bored just selling the same thing to the same people all the time, how do I keep it interesting? And what we do is we go into a different area, go into a different country, because mm. that in itself brings different challenges because now you've got, you know, you've got a new culture, you've got a new language, a new way of thinking. People respond differently to different things. Like, in South Africa, you've got to go with the, with the fear and like, you know, what will happen if this and boom. Uh, sorry. <laughs> really? A lot of sound effects in that explanation. <laughs> you know, so you go and, boom, and then that, there you're, <laughs> sorry, keep going. There are, there are, absolutely. I get animated, right? But then in, in other countries, you've got to go with a bit of a softer approach. Right. Okay. You've got to, you've got to give them the aspirational stuff. Mm. So that brings challenges, even though you're selling the same product and you might need to shift and move your product around because what works in one place doesn't work in another place. Yep. They want different things. Yep. Right? And we're doing this because like, we, we're expanding into Australia at the moment and it's amazing how different they think and, and how different the people are and, and the level of people that come in. Yep. Yeah, I think it's really powerful. I mean, you want your business to be, the reality is you want your business to be boring, just making money month after month after month. Yeah, just really boring and predictable, just all this yeah. money coming in and it's just super boring. But the, the, here's the thing That's a lot life. of people forget. Well, no, because the power in it is the ability to create. So when you go to McDonald's anywhere in the world, you get, you, exactly. right? You don't have 30, like when you, we go to restaurants all the time. This is a great example. Look at the restaurants and how successful they are. McDonald's has a really successful restaurant. Maybe has what, 30 menu items? Like mm -hmm. maybe, maybe if you go like side orders, you can bust it out. But it's like, there's 10 meals. There's 10 yep. happy meals. That's it. 10 meals. That's it. Do you know why there's 10 meals? Because then they only have to teach their staff a handful of things to make only mm -hmm. 10 meals. And they can create supply chains around providing for the, and they can optimize, right? Like how to, they, they did a thing where they made the patty thinner so it would cook faster. Like you can't get those optimizations if you're always doing custom, right? If you're doing custom exactly. this, custom that, custom the next thing, you can't, you, right? It's, it's if you wanna have the scale, you gotta make it boring. It's gotta be something you can do from a checklist. And that's where a lot exactly. of business owners get trapped because they, no one can do, the business can do it as well as I can. Well, if you're the only person yep. that can do it, then you're always gonna be a business of one. You know, in trouble, That's absolutely right. in trouble. That's right. And you know, the reality is, is as a business owner, if you solve a real problem, you almost owe it to the world to become the best version of yourself. Because if you like take a dentist, you mentioned a dentist earlier, right? Nobody goes to a dentist excited typically, right? They're never like, I'm having such a great life. I'm going to go make a dentist appointment. No, they they can't sleep. They're in pain, right? They're like crying. They're frustrated. Yep. And then they go to the dentist and then they leave happy and smiling on the other side. So if you imagine a dentist office as this wonderful little black box, people walk in crying on one side and in pain, and then they just magically leave happy and smiling on the other. That's what your business needs to be. And you need to figure out how to make it operate like that so you can look and work on your business, not in your business. And then your mm -hmm. mission is to help all the people in pain. Preach, preach, yeah. preach. Yeah. I'm on that soapbox, man. This is my show. What are you talking about? No. Um... I know. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. So, it's so true. And this is the kind of thing that we deal with every single day is that, you know, I want to be everything to everyone. I say choose one mm -hmm. and especially entrepreneurs with multiple businesses. They're like, but if I just focus on this, then nothing's going to happen with the other ones. And I always ask the question, right? One business is hard enough to do by itself. Mm hmm why the hell have you got three? And, and it, almost every time, almost every entrepreneur that I speak to that's got more than one business, none of them are doing great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I learned in the martial arts school too. I had a lot of friends that told me to not open 
up other locations because what you end up doing is making the same amount of money, but now you have two bills, two two rents to pay, two phone bills to pay, two everything to pay. Because it's just it's tough, right? Where your focus goes, mm-hmm. growth follows, and um, yep. it's just it's tough to do it that way. So um, now, what are some of the other habits that you feel help you and your best clients? Like what what are some of the things that they have in common? Consistency, you know, and and they actually they do the work and they do it consistently. It's it's not about waiting. So the people who are the most successful don't wait for permission to get stuff done. Okay. You know, I did a training with one of our VIP clients the other day in terms of the, 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 the automation and, and the other, you know, so another thing that we do, like for us, LinkedIn is the lead in. It is whatever everyone knows. It's easy to understand and come in. Once they come in, we work with people on a higher level and people who are typically doing a million dollars plus. Uh, where we show them how to automate their systems. So we focus on three core systems, right? Which is sales and marketing, operations, and finance. So we went and did a training with one of our clients the other day. I spent a full day there with him. And I phoned him yesterday and just, you know, how things going, all the rest. And we put together their sales processes. We got their message right. um, And these guys are doing really, really well. So he gave me a progress update. And I didn't tell him to go and do this. But he had gone and he had gone and run training with all of his staff. He'd introduced them to the model because now his, his entire business model that he'd been doing up until then, everything was in his head. Now we'd put it in a visual representation that he could use to sell internally to his people, but also so that he could standardize his sales processes and sell more to his clients. So he went and trained all of his people. He went and phoned all of his clients and tested out his new message. He then started communicating with them about the biggest problems that they'd done. He went, he went and changed the message on his website, changed his adver- advertisements that he had running out. And then he started rebranding and then putting everything into organogram, uh, into organogram you know, or a visio diagram, as he calls it. Now, I didn't tell him to do any of that, right? We got in there and we, got, and we did the work and he did the rest of it. So the key, like whenever somebody is successful, I look at what they do. And they don't wait for permission. They're hungry. They want to get going. They learn the skills, and then they go after it. And that's exciting. That's mm. super exciting. And they always get results. Always. Mm, mm, mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. So now let me ask you, what do you see the future? Like, where, do you, where is this going? Like, the future of online marketing, the future of generating leads online. I mean, is it unrealistic to say you'll be able to do – what is it, two to four, two to four uh, high-value leads per day? I mean, is that going to get better? Is that going to be easier? Is it going to get harder? Well, you know, for most of us and and for most of the people that I deal with is that LinkedIn is not a leveraged way to grow your business, okay? It takes time. It takes effort. It takes your concentration. So the people that we typically deal with that are using LinkedIn as a strategy to grow their business, they don't need 100 clients a month to grow their business. They're looking for, you know, two, two to 10 clients a month. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them two to 10 clients a year, yep. but those two to 10 clients are game changers for their business, mm-hmm. right? And those are really, we've got people who are spending, you know, 30 minutes a day generating 10 appointments per week and closing 60% of them. I love that. And that's only 30 minutes per day. 30 minutes per day. But minutes. she went initially, it took her a lot longer, you know, and it's, and she's, she's 24 years old, right? Wow. And she's killing it. Wow. And I mean, her business is literally 10 X. She was telling me yesterday, her business is 10 X in the last six months because of this process. 
So let's talk about the process a little bit because I know we're about to run out of time. So you choose your ideal client be, mm -hmm. and be excellent at one thing. You develop your pickup line. You give your mm -hmm. LinkedIn profile a makeup, uh, uh, sorry, makeup, a makeover, makeover. right? <laughs> you, re you stop weeing all over your customers, which I yep. love that so much. You format it like a sales page. And then what? You just message people, say, hey, I'm amazing. Hey, 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 this is great. Hey, no. hey. No, no, no. So now you want to really start building real, real relationships with them. So if I take, if, if we take a look at my process on the LinkedIn Rainmaker system, and I've actually got a video walking people through the exact process on my website. Okay. okay? What's, the, what's the web URL? Uh, www.thevirtualedge.com. Perfect. So there's a seven-minute video, and I've got a visual diagram. So there's the three stages on how to go from being a LinkedIn wanderer to becoming a LinkedIn Rainmaker, which is build, educate, and promote. So in the build stage, we're focusing on the ideal client, the pickup line, and the LinkedIn mini makeover. The purpose of this stage is to, is to take you from being invisible to your ideal client to being completely irresistible to your ideal client. Mm. Then we start on the educate stage where the first thing we do is we build credibility. So taking you from being a nobody to being an authority. So we've got a process for that. Okay. Then we start creating conversations. Okay. So we're at like step five. Only at step five do we start creating conversations, right? And we want to take people from being distant to actually building a relationship. So remember, I haven't said closing deals and getting appointments. I've said building a relationship, mm -hmm. right? And then you focus on creating content and not just like putting out content. Like so often I see that you've got to create content that your ideal client cares about, like the one thing that they care about and the problem that they, that they want to solve. And too often, like I ask people like who's, so whenever we do like live seminars and I do talks and that, I ask people, how many of you are writing blogs? doing videos, writing articles, doing posts, all the rest. And you know, you get about 50% of the people put up their hands. And then I ask the question, how many of you are getting a measurable return on investment for your post and you can track everything mm -hmm. that goes on? Mm -hmm. All the hands go Drop. down. Yeah, nobody knows. No one knows, right? Because they've never thought of it like that before. Like I want to know, if I'm investing my time to write an article or a blog post, I want to know how much money I'm going to make from it. At least in the first in the first week, I want to know how many clients, how many meetings, how much money am I going to make from this? Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is by focusing on the thing that your ideal client cares about the most. So in the educate stage, you know, we want to take you from being influenced by other people to becoming influential to your ideal client. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then in the promote stage, so now we only have promote. The first thing that you do is now you can start making offers. So instead of chasing people, you start closing them, right? But this is only, this is number seven. You see, if you haven't done number one to six right, how can you start making offers, right? Then we focus on follow-up. So, you know, how to go from scarcity to uh, having an abundance where you can pick and choose who you want to work with. And then the last step is automate. Mm, so right. once you get this, <laughs> yeah, right? You can't automate something you don't already have a process, a working proven process for. Right. Can you just say so that one more stage, time? Because I think that's, I think that's yeah. something that people need to really like, just say it again for the sake of repetition. 100%. You cannot automate something that you don't already have a proven working process for. Mm, 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 mm. Perfect. But right? you want your business to go from being experimental to predictable, yep. right? It's like that saying, you know, 50% of my marketing is working. I'm just not sure, sure which, which 50%. 50%. That's right. 
That's right. And that's really the big differentiator between direct response marketing and, you know, brand marketing. And, and I feel like brand marketing, I mean, there's a place for it, 100%. I have friends who are brand marketing experts. But for the most part, you know, brand marketing is not tied to ROI. That's it's. I feel yeah. like it's a it's a name people hide behind because it's not. I knocked on ten doors and I got yeah. no sales today. What went wrong? Yeah. They don't have to have those heart to heart conversations. You know, it mm -hmm. should be measurable. It really should be measurable. I got this many leads. I had this many meaningful conversations. I had this many sales. And if if you can't go out and do that face to face, you're not going to be able to do it online. Mm -hmm. Yep. So well said. So well said. This is such a value-packed call. People might want to listen to it again and again. <laughs> I always recommend that people have a pen and paper. I've got pages of notes. Um, you know, Matt, we'll have to have you back to talk about this more. I do want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything, before it's, we get into the wrap-up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about this topic that I should have asked you? Listen, there's lots that I can still share. But I think the biggest thing is that People just need to go and implement what we've what we've spoken about yes. today. If you can just get the, those, if you get two things right, okay, if you take two things away from this, one is get really clear on your ideal client, and two is create a pickup line that is irresistible with a metric and a timeline. Like if people just do that, I mean, I did a presentation the other day to other Infusionsoft certified partners in Australia, mm -hmm. and one of the ladies was sitting in there, and she literally just changed that on her profile while we were sitting there, and she picked up a client, yep. a paid customer while we were sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's Domino's Pizza. Fresh, hot pizza in 30 minutes or it's free. Boom. 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 Billion-dollar company. Boom. Done. Done. <laughs> There's a tangible outcome. There's a result. There is, you know exactly what you're going to get, and there's a timeline to it. Yeah, yeah. So, so powerful. So, so powerful. So, again, I guess the site was thevirtualedge.com. If anyone here yes. uh, resonates with this, they want to go into the nuts and bolts of how to go through this process, check out Matt's stuff. Go check out thevirtualedge.com. Matt, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Definitely going to have Thanks, you man. back. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thanks, man. I appreciate you you bringing me on and sharing this with people. And you know what I've done. So in the, I always believe that if you want to get clients, you've got to give, mm -hmm. right? There's that relationship. Mm -hmm. It's never, it's never, you know, someone someone gives more and someone takes more. To have a good relationship, each party needs to give and take. Right. Right. So the give that I want to give for people is that I've put in a bunch of free, a bunch of stuff that you can go download. It's free. It's hugely valuable. Like I put $1,035 worth of free training on my website. Wow. So you can get the, the LinkedIn mini makeover, which will get you on this path to doing all of the stuff that we spoke about today. Um, you get free access to our Rainmaker community where you can, you know, learn with people who are going through the same process and connect and network. Um, I'll even give you a training on there, which is my 60 minute live training. Now, if people wanted to go and buy, as an example, if they wanted to go and buy my course on the website, it's like three, it's $2,997, right? right? But I believe that if people are going to invest time and they're going to do the work, they should be rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is even on the, on the, on the 60 minute training is that I've given a very special offer at the end. That if people invest the time and they get to that stage, they'll find something that is super sexy and that they'll like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I want to give more than receive because I believe, you know, our mission is to help 5,000 businesses double in the next five years. Mm. 
That's a great so question. I can't do that if I'm holding all the information in my head. I want people to be successful. I want them to get their pickup lines right. I want them to be generating business. They have a passion for their business again and, and really just grow. Like that gets me excited. Results excite me. Yeah. And that's what they get at the virtualedge.com if they go sign up there, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Awesome. So everybody definitely go check out the virtualedge.com. Check out some of the stuff. I've already gone through Matt's stuff. I think it's great. Um, just highly recommend it. So I brought him on the show. Once again, Matt, it's been an honor and a pleasure, and we will definitely be talking to you again soon. Thank you, Daryl. It was amazing being on here. Love the energy. I hope everyone got incredible value. And yep, just reach out to me, man. I'm available. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.